This one here is for all the suppliers. I was trying to make it sound like a rap song, but we're going to talk about suppliers. How to win in franchising. Coming up next. What was the year that you broke into franchising, Charles? You just celebrated your 10-year anniversary, and, right? Yeah, for current configuration, but it's been many years, right? So before that, were you hovering around franchising? Yeah, so forever. From day one, I think one of my first projects as a lawyer involved franchising. But that 10-year mark was when we went exclusive as the only thing we do is franchising. And so when that moment happens, I mean, so you're, you're obviously working from a legal standpoint on franchising in some capacity, but 10 years you decide we're gonna go full boat into this. How hard was it to get lift? The hardest part's making the decision. I, I remember it was an attraction meeting and we're going through our five-year plan and, and to, you know, to make the decision and say, hey, we're going to turn down all of our, all other business except franchising, which at that point was about 50% of our revenue. And so we made a decision strategically to move away and basically cut out 50% of our revenue stream. Um, it was the best decision ever. Okay, so you make this decision, and now as a supplier that's going to be committed to this, I, I would have, I would imagine like the bulk of your business at that point was referrals. Correct. Yep. And so you decide that we're going to get lift, and so how do you how do you go about doing that? How do you start pushing on the pedal to win as a franchise supplier when you've committed fully into this category? So this is something I think about often with every business and, and it's silly, right? In my imaginary mind and world, you know, one day when I go speak at a conference, which I've been asked recently, I'm thinking about what, what would I talk about to other lawyers or suppliers and things like that. And the advice I would give is advice that maybe 10 years ago, I wouldn't be ready to listen to which is you really need to focus on your brand, your brand value, uh, your core values, and what you're delivering. Um, you know, as a business, to really sit down and as a team, evaluate whether or not what you're offering is really unique and valuable, and whether you offer something unique in the marketplace. I think if you dive into those questions honestly, and they're scary questions, right? Because the answers may not be so fun to hear or think about. I think that's when, as an organization, you start moving the needle. Um, and then it's like anything else, doing great work, providing more value than what's expected. And then you get a tenfold return on all of that. And it just scales. Yeah. I think, I think what you're talking about is, is general good business practices, but like, you know, I think if you were in the, this is not this is not data backed, but if you were to look at an IFA convention five years ago, versus I mean maybe the, it's a, it's a little chaotic because of COVID. Maybe go back seven years and then go right before COVID, and see how many suppliers exhibited 
seven years ago and how many exhibited right before COVID, I, I would imagine, you know, 75% of them fall off. Well, why are they there in the first place? Well, franchising is super viable. I mean, you have, you have franchise, you have the franchisee audience, you have the franchisor audience. Um, you have so many different elements of it, of marketing ops, uh, helping people franchise their business. Like there's so many things that go into franchises. So the viability of the business segment is tremendous. So it makes sense why a lot of brands or suppliers want to break into franchising. But then when you get to the table, in order to get lift, one, you're going you're gonna to need franchise brands that validate that what you're providing them makes sense. Two, you're going to have to have a proof of concept that goes far beyond just like, you know, a one, one-time win. Like you have to show sustainability. There are, there, there are many franchise suppliers that come out with the new shiny thing and say, we could solve X. And so they hit the market, they get a bunch of franchisors to jump on it because franchisors typically, I mean, especially on the sales side, anything that could potentially help them get more leads, uh, they jump on. So they all jump on top of it, they try it. And when it doesn't work, because maybe, maybe it was working, but the expectations weren't set correctly, then that supplier ends up, you know, going from from positive to neutral slash negative uh, responses, and therefore fizzles out and, and leaves the industry. But the viability of the category is great. So you're sitting there in a traction meeting, and you're like, viability is strong enough for us to risk half of our business that is non-franchising by committing to it. Like you went through this exact same thing, and then slowly you kept building because I think. I think the key thing, the, the most important part of this, this journey that you're on is you just said it's been 10 years since you got there. Now you have momentum today. It's not like the momentum was rock solid on day one, right? No. It, it, it's always a progression, right? But drawing on your points, right? Franchise brands need to validate proof of concept, and then you use, you said sustainability. Here we talk about that tipping point, right? Everyone talks about that tipping point. And so the suppliers that come in, you know, they, they hit at a surface level, they make a commitment, and then maybe they move away or they don't go all in. That tipping point is real. And you really, you know, that 99.9% .9 is not going to yield the results but that 101% yields everything. That's like, that's a universal truth. Probably in everything in life, including being a great supplier in the franchise industry. And it's real, right? And so you have to grind it out to get to that point. And then I, you know, again, it's also being smart about how you approach the market. You need to be genuine. You know, for me, legally, it keeps me up at night when someone asks, and what is the differentiator and what's the extra value? And just sitting there as a supplier and saying we're better or we're friends because we had a drink together at a conference, that's silly. So, but it's about going all in, hitting that 101% and really getting that flywheel spinning, I, I think as a supplier. And I also think that you really need to be very genuine as a supplier. Uh, and how you approach the marketplace, especially a supplier to franchisors. The poor franchisors are inundated with suppliers trying to do business with them. 
I mean, like the, I, I think the, yeah, yes, there, there are a million options for every franchisor. And the reality is there are plenty of suppliers willing to take the money of a franchisor without giving a best practice solution. It, it, it is what it is. Like that's what our industry deals with. And when you think about like the politics that are associated with being a franchise supplier, whether it's, it's awards, whether it's um, conferences on who gets to speak, like there, there's a lot of political BS, but beyond that, and you know, you and I don't really play around with the, the BS anymore. Both of us are building viable businesses by going back and doing the right thing for the franchisor. And I think that's where, like, if you have a good product and a good solution that solves some sort of gap that the franchisor has or the franchisee has, then automatically you will start to get lift as long as you have the right patience to, to win as a, as a franchise supplier. Well, and then Nick, from... PR marketing perspective. What's the game plan for a supplier in really engaging franchisors and, and making those connections? I had a prospective uh, supplier account reach out to us recently. And I said, how do we get lift within franchising? I said, well, what have you done? They go, I mean, we're, we're sponsoring as many of these conferences as possible. I go, yeah, but a sponsorship gives you a logo on, on a brochure. It's not creating engagement. I said, all right, so let's, let's start with understanding your assets. What are your brand assets? I said, do you work with any, any franchisors currently? They said, yeah, we have five. I said, okay. And are the five, do they generally go to the conferences that you're going to? They're like, yes. I said, and do, do you generally think that they're connected to the industry in some way, shape, or form? The answer was yes. I said, so if you were to host a dinner and do it as a round table, have five people show up at your dinner, invite your franchisor, tell them their currency for the dinner is to invite another franchisor and sit there and talk through the issues, like create a mini mastermind for them to talk through it. I said, now what you just did, you don't have to sell your services on dinner one. You just need to be introduced and show that you care about finding a solution to whatever problem that you solve for the, for the franchisor. Now, all of a sudden, from a marketing or PR standpoint, you just broke bread with someone that you could eventually have as a client. I think far too often, you know, you, you equate success back to immediate returns. And in order to, to win, in my opinion, in most things, it's the long play. And so you have to develop these relationships. So if it were me, I'm not sponsoring conferences. We've been there, done that. It, it did nothing for us. Um, what has worked is genuine conversations with real human beings about problems that we can help solve and not us hard selling it. Um, there's, there's a supplier that Charles and I know well, uh, who, when he makes introductions to me, he's like, tell them what the business is. I'm like, that's not my style. My style is to like, tell me about your company and let me talk about maybe what are some of the solutions without me selling you one thing. If I don't sell you and I just focus on trying to give you the best information that I possibly can give you, then eventually if it makes sense, we're going to work together. And I, I think that's, that's an approach. No, that's my approach. It's not, not everyone's there. There are brands that, you know, give away cars or do the big flashy thing to get lift and does it work. I think so. That could work too. Um, but, you know, 
from a marketing PR standpoint, like PPC is really tough for franchising. It's a very, it's a very focused audience. Even on franchising, it's hard, it's hard to break down those personas. Um, advertising in the trade rags, can that make sense? Yeah, but do it for the long play. Don't, don't just look at it as a as a one-off ad campaign. Do it, do it for a sustainable amount of time. But and I'll stop talking in a second. I mean, the the word is sustainable. If you're gonna commit to franchising, do it, do do. Do it over a sustainable period of time and also make sure that whatever your solution is, is sustainable over that same period of time. Yeah, the, the um, you know, you go to a conference that may not, those connections could sometimes take three years to turn into business and that's okay, right? But that should be the expectation. The, the What I do love is what you said about as a supplier, always focus on, understanding the pain point of the franchisor or your client, right? So really no one cares about you. It's, it's what's going on with your company and you know, what, what information can I help with? Right. So I think that's important advice. Yes. We do know someone who <laughs> I, I agree. Um, but I mean, yeah. you, that's what, I mean, I think that's a principle of your business, Charles. I mean, anybody that is watching this has probably seen you do your, your videos, like, your videos don't cost money. It costs, it costs you time, but what you're doing is you're giving out information or you're, you're listening to the pulse of your client and your client saying, Hey Charles, how do I do X? And you're like, I, I can, I'll tell you, but now I'm going to go create a video on it so that when the next client asks, how do you do X? I can say, go watch this video and watch, watch me talk with another expert. And you're not, you're not territorial. Like, I mean, you are, but you're territorial in your, in your field, but you're not, you're not territorial by, by creating exposure or opportunity to other human beings. Like I think, I think franchising, and this is any supplier, whether, whether you've been through this or you haven't, uh, franchising is very high school or especially on the supplier side, it's very territorial and businesses don't play well in the sandbox when there's tons of business to go around for everybody. Um, that, when a collective gives best practices that impacts the franchisor and the franchisee, the collective should be put on the pedestal, not someone that, you know, threatens to have you kicked out of a member association for not following your pathway, their, the, the pathway that they want. So, but you know, it doesn't matter. Like do just do good stuff and good stuff will come back to you as a supplier. Nick, one, um, and I agree now, on, on the other end of perspective, a supplier goes to a conference, has great conversations, not selling, but understanding pain points. And if you're a good entrepreneur and believe in your business, then it's critical that you absolutely 100% believe to your core that for that prospective client, your services or your product is the very best thing for them and is going to change their lives or make it better, right? And if that's genuine, then as a good person, you should want to get it out there and you do want them to purchase it. So say we're in that type of setting and we're genuine about it. Great conference, you know, and we all get the solicitations about buying the mailing list from a conference and everything else. What are those follow-up conversations or interactions you'd be focused on? Well, 
I think passive's good. So the videos, like answering, you you pull these insights out of the conference, build videos. I think video. So one one time that I'm going to totally agree with you on video creation. Um, so not not being overly salesy, like it's not about the clothes, it's about the information uh, giving. Um, you take some of these connections that you made at a conference and you get in front of them before the next conference and you say, hey, you want to grab a drink? You want to grab a coffee? Let me keep talking talking to you. Um, but again, like that's, that's a slow play mentality. A lot of businesses don't have that. So if you're going, if you, if you need to, if you need to close deals in order to justify the value of that conference, then it, it, it's same on franchise sales. It's going to be speed to the deal. Like if, if I'm selling marketing or PR services, uh, and there's five other groups that are selling the same services, if I'm the last one to the dinner table, I might be playing from behind. So, you know, on that plane ride home, fire off an email, write, write a true thank you note. That's not selling, just saying like, when can we have our next follow-up discussion? Launch, launch a podcast and do an interview with these people. You know? so, but Nick, and before you do any of this, you know, in the beginning, my general advice, was that like too fluffy? Like, does that come up? Like, because I, I feel like having a value proposition, having core values, these things are not just marketing gimmicks or buzzwords from a book. They become critical to service delivery. They do, but it, that, that's good. Like that's good business. That's long play mm -hmm. for short play. It doesn't, you know, okay. I, I will say like, like deals for our business deals that have signed or have, that we can clearly attribute back to an action at a booth have not been historically long-term clients for us. They're walking that room. They need immediate solutions. They're like, we're going to sign up with you for the most part have not been long-term solutions. Those that are a little bit more methodical need to do reference checks, need to get comfortable with the process of working with us has a higher likelihood of being a sustainable client for us. So the knee jerk reactions and, you know, I would love to see the study done even on the franchisee standpoint, franchisees that meet your brand at a conference at your booth and sign immediately following that conference. Do they scale with you at the same pathway as those that did their homework, their research, got comfortable, went through your website, went through a process, studied your brand and bought, I don't know. Will be interesting. So coming up in June, we have IFE Expo, right? Um, and anyone out there listening to this, we will be having, I think, a networking dinner together. You know, our our team. So um, that'll be a good interaction, right? Meet other suppliers and and other franchisors and have conversations. I mean, how do you feel about trash cans? <laughs> 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 I, I won't get into it. Look at that. I mean, I think if anybody has watched this, I mean, the maturity of both of us, like early stages, I definitely poke a lot of bears. Uh, <laughs> and and you either, you accidentally agreed with me, which they, like people would get more pissed off at you for accidentally agreeing with me than me actually saying it. 
which was even better. And now we've gone all the way around and we're, we're, we're trying to give suppliers uh, some good advice, you know? Yeah. And suppliers out there, it's going through different iterations and updates, but the Franex website is out there. Franex launch, create your free pro profile. We're going to have a bunch of networking and, and uh, supplier engagement. Stay the course. Uh, if you're a supplier and you feel like, you know, you're, you're not getting the momentum you want, Say the course. It's a it's a it's a fantastic industry to be associated with. Yep. That's that. Franax, baby.